to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to another episode of EST, the Established Church Podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. And I am not Josh King. Josh is not feeling well today. So it's Sam and Micah hanging out together. Hey, Sam. Yeah, I, you know, I, I miss my little buddy, Josh. Yeah, that's um, right. Hey, Micah, it's, it's, it's good to just hang with you. We were just chatting before the show and, you know, uh, basically solving everyone's problems. So I hope that that will parlay I don't well understand. into this episode. I don't understand why everybody just doesn't hire us to fix everything for them, Sam. Listen, I've got a million <laughs> opinions and I am glad to share them with anyone. Yeah, that's who right. Listen. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think I'm right. I think yeah, I'm right. Well, somebody said once there are some folks who are regularly wrong, but never in doubt. We might be in that crowd. P- potentially. There, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we get too far into this, let's talk about something we are right about. And that is the value and benefit of our partner church initiative. Tell, tell everyone about that. Excellent segue, Micah. You did that so well. Yeah, we're sponsored by Church Initiative. They are the creators of Divorce Care and Grief Share. And despite the fact that we're in the midst of uh, a pandemic, Church Initiative's mission hasn't changed. They want to equip the members of your church to offer Christ-centered support groups and for grieving and divorced people. And they're committed to providing you with everything you need to continue doing that in this season of social distancing and restrictions on gatherings. So for those of you who already offer Divorce Care and Grief Share, we want you to know that they've made it possible for you to offer online groups at no additional cost so you can continue your vital Divorce Care and Grief Share ministry safely while practicing social distancing, online workbooks, online videos, online discussions, free coaching for you or your group's church initiative provides everything your church needs. And if you start a new grief share or divorce care group, your church will be able to offer online groups as well. So you can learn more about how you can get these effective ministries started in your church. Just visit visit churchinitiative.org. So let's get this right, churchinitiative.org slash EST. We'd, we'd like some credit for the sponsorship. So don't forget the slash EST. That'll help us out. Churchinitiative.org slash EST. Go check it out. Great, great resources. Uh, your church will benefit from them. You know, the, I mean, you're experiencing this pain point. I am, Josh is. Uh, we're already at this moment, kind of have been at this moment where things like depression, anxiety, those sort of things are accelerating. We know that those can be exacerbated by things like divorce or loss, things that would lead to grief. And in this, you know, experience of quarantine, sort of isolation, those mental health issues are accelerating. And ministries like Church Initiative, things like divorce care, grief share are going to be not only helpful to people who are walking in, uh, through those things, but may in fact be a lifeline to people right now who are struggling with some of those mental health issues you know, of isolation, depression, anxiety, as they're already having to deal with divorce or whatever it is, loss that may have led them to, to be grieving. So we couldn't more yeah, gladly mean, endorse this ministry. Church initiatives resources are only going to become more important, not less That's important. right. That's right. Um, So even if you don't know much about them or if you've never used their resources, hey, go check them out. Uh, you, you You will find something there I'm sure that your church could use. 
That's exactly right. Now, let's talk. Here's what we want to talk about this week. We want to take a few minutes and just talk about, speaking of loss, kind of what we've lost a little bit. Now, um, everything has shifted over the past six weeks. I'm really kind of getting almost sick of hearing what's the new normal going to be. You know, we've heard that new normal phrase over and over. I know you like the new normal phrase. <laughs> I'm watching, I saw a lot of resources around the new normal. <laughs> but I've just heard it so many times. You know, but the reality is we are in a bit of a new normal. And even now, as we're we're recording this. Some states are beginning to come back. Your governor in Florida announced yesterday a back to normalcy plan. Tennessee's been walking through it for a few days. Um, we released that as a church our back to worship plan here this past week. But we've lost. Are you going to do that Aerosmith song as an intro? <laughs> no, we're not going to do an Aerosmith song. Could you do the intro. scream of you know back in the saddle? <laughs> I can do the scream, but I'm not going to do the scream. <laughs> But I mean, we have lost. Can you imagine right? people I mean, walking in just? Dana, dana. <laughs> I don't know how we do that and still maintain social distancing. Everybody's going to want to high five and play the air guitar <laughs> as they're grooving into the worship center. But we have lost things, Sam. Right? Like we've lost our gathering right now. We've lost. I, I'm. I'm a. I want to say this in an appropriate way. Like I like physical affection. Like I like to shake hands. I like to hug people with an appropriate side hug, of course, but I like those things. <laughs> Man, there's so many ways I could take this right now, yeah, but I'll leave I know you alone. there is. Thank you. But I mean, we've lost those things right now. And if you, I mean, you and I are both pretty significant extroverts. Um, we just don't have people right now around us. And so I'm a little worried about you. In fact, we're going to push out a picture later, Sam, because you're in front of a chalkboard that looks straight up like Russell Crowe out of a beautiful mind. And I'm afraid that without getting to be able to be around people, you're just now sitting in that room with your chalk on the chalkboard. <laughs> I'm actually, I've been writing a book, actually. Well, that's a uh, good thing to do with your time. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to redeem the time. That's another cliche that everyone, you know, you're going to redeem everything, but I've been trying to redeem yeah, the time and trying to just you know, do the best I can during the season. I'm with you. I miss anything in person. In fact, yeah. with our new guidance from our governor, we are moving our staff meetings off of Zoom and back in person. Our staff is small enough to where we can do that. So, hey, I'm, I'm really glad to get those meetings back going again. I don't know that the team is, but I am. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of cliches, uh, Sam, would, would you say that maybe you were – born and brought into this moment for such a time as this. <laughs> this is we your should moment, do a Sam. whole episode on church cliches. You know what uh, we should do? We should, we should mix Esther for such a time as this with Eminem uh, and, uh, and, and his classic, uh, I just went blank on the title, uh, classic song um, where he talks about, this is his moment anyway. I just, I, I, went I so only listen to him, right Micah. I don't, this oh my M gosh. M N M. So, so are you I, talking about candy? I don't know what you're talking so about. So I, you know, I pastored for 10 years in St. Joseph, Missouri. It's where my wife is from, but nobody knows that's actually where M and M is from. Everybody talks about him being from Detroit, but he moved, moved as a teenager. So I have a little bit of familiarity with M and M. So he's your, he's your bud. Well, not exactly, but I've totally, do you guys do like rap podcast. sessions together. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing me try to rap? It would be the most gangly, awkward, awful sounding thing you've ever been a part of in your life. I'm game. Imagine Napoleon Dynamite trying to rap. That's pretty much what it would be like. <laughs> Vote for Pedro. All right. So let's talk about, I'm with you. I do. I have really deeply missed uh, in-person things. Tell me about this. How do you like preaching to an empty room versus the rhythm of preaching live to your people every week? I don't preach to an empty room. Um, we, we, you know, we haven't taken that route with how we're 
producing our sermons. We have a, we have a studio that we built um, quickly during the coronavirus stuff. And uh, actually it's more of a produced show, kind of like a podcast would be, or, you know, a a vlog, I guess, is that even still a thing? Um, So we we're yeah, we're producing 30 minute shows. I hate to call it that for our worship experiences. So I'm not even really taking the approach of trying to, preach to an empty room i couldn't do it i don't i don't it just wouldn't it wouldn't i I just i'm not skilled enough to do that we're in a hybrid situation kind of between just preaching to an empty auditorium and what you're doing we did create a studio as well but we still do an hour-long worship service which for us is abbreviated i mean typically an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes was our norm i've cut my sermon back to 25 to 27 maybe 28 minutes uh, each week. I think one week I had a 22 minute sermon, which for those who know me is pretty stunning. And, uh, so we're doing that. Uh, but it is in a studio. I'm preaching to an empty room. Um, I was actually recording, um, uh, a talk this week for the revitalized conference up in long Island. You've been, you know, we've had the guys who are in charge of that on the show before you've spoken up there. And I literally recorded in our empty studio. It was a 45 minute talk. So our video guys literally turned the camera on, turned the audio equipment on and they left to do other things. And so it was just me in a room by myself teaching into the camera. And it was really, I just, one of the things that I think for those who preach regularly, you understand this, there's something about the feedback, even when you're in a crowd that doesn't talk, you know, there's no amens, there's, you can sense sort of how the the audience, how the congregation is responding. You feed off of that and you modulate, right? In terms of both delivery style and sometimes even content and all of that's gone right now. And uh, yeah, my modulation is gone. It's completely gone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you're right. You do. But, but I mean, you, yeah, it, I mean, it's changed. It's different. Then, um, it's not better. It's what you have to do. How are you all delivering your worship weekend service thing? Like what platform are you delivering it on? Yeah. So we do Facebook and YouTube are okay. our two main channels. Uh, we'll put links out there in other social media. You know, we're not trying to post the video to Instagram. It's a link to. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, you know, our YouTube channel or what have you. Uh, but Facebook's probably the primary where everybody's uh, at vehicle uh, yeah, to, yeah. to get people to watch. Um, but the YouTube channel is, it's actually becoming more and more popular and our, our folks have actually liked how we archive our sermons. So I'm actually, one of the things that we're going to continue doing is the same way that I produce the sermon is actually going to become our podcast and our, our video archive. We're not going to try to record our live services anymore. We're just going to produce them every week um, because the audio and the video is so much better and people yeah. are really liking it. The same sermon, just right. I won't preach it the way that I preach it live. It'll just be right. like I'm in front of a camera. And, and we're okay with that. I mean, it's, it, you know, there's a trade-off there, of course, but sure. um, for us, it's going to work a lot better. We're gonna, so well, we're going to keep doing it. Like Thursdays so, will probably be recording days just like they are now. Uh, yeah, we do. We do our recording on on Fridays. I, we're still grappling a little bit with what this is going to look like long term. Part of the problem is we don't know how the how long the long term is, Sam. Right? Like we we've heard I've heard some some churches this week, rather large churches, that said they're not going to come back until all guidelines are removed. But man, that could be six months. That could be eight months. That could be a really long time. I don't, man. Okay, so I don't see that happening. I think by July you're going to see most places. Well, I'm, I, open up. 
And that may be true. I, what we're thinking though, is that we're, we don't, we don't do, so this is a little bit of semantics, but I'm going to, I'm going to go there because of my ecclesiology. We don't do church online. Uh, we don't do online church. We do church online, right? So that's what we're trying to do. We don't have an online campus, an online scenario. I completely agree with you. I, yeah, I, so, online church it is an oxymoron. Internet church right. is an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. So we do church online and what we will continue to do until all guidelines are gone is we will continue to do our uh, church online even as we still um, even as we still do uh, or once we begin doing live services together because we recognize a lot of folks aren't going to come back right away and those will be produced. So for the time being, we're going to do something similarly to what you guys are doing, Sam. We'll do live services here on campus, but then we'll do church online uh, as a produced scenario for those who are going to stay home and be, you know, work, watching and engaging that way. But we're using an online church platform where we actually engage. People can give in the platform. They can click, I'm a guest here and get guest information right there in the platform. And then there's pastors in the platform that can chat back and forth. There's a, a private prayer option where you can click and say, I need prayer. And one of the pastors meets you in a private chat room and prays with you. We've been using that because we've been trying to facilitate as close to as possible of a live in-person scenario. But even still, my point in all of this, we're talking about what we've missed and what we lost. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm recording on Fridays and then I'm watching my, my, you know, myself preach twice on Sundays, which is fairly miserable. And then my family, we gather together after our live services are done and we watched the archive service so that as a family we can worship together. And I just, it's, it's, in a, in a way, Sam, I think Sunday mornings are more draining right now than they were when we did live and I was preaching three live services every weekend. What about for you? It's not more draining. Actually, I'm more relaxed at home. Um, Saturdays have become just strange because I usually by the second half of Saturday, my mind is like, okay, Sunday's coming. I got to get ready. Um, but now I'm pretty relaxed. Sunday morning, yeah. I'm pretty relaxed. We do watch the service as a family. Uh, which I've got little kids, which is hilarious because my, my boys, you know, they're three and four. They're like, I'm in the room, but I'm also on the screen. Right. And it just cracks them up. Blows their mind. <laughs> it, yeah. And, well, sarcasm is our love language. So I, I think the, the young ones are picking up on that. And they just, they just get a kick out of the fact that, you know, I can preach to them and also thump them on the head if they get out of line. So uh, and those things have happened uh, in our in our family worship time. So let me let me switch scenarios for a second. What are you going to miss when this is over and we're back in live worship, Sam? What's going to be different that you're going to miss about this time? You just said you're more relaxed on Sundays. What are you going to miss? I'm not going to miss anything. You're not going to miss Nothing. more relaxed Sundays. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty intense person. Now my wife may miss that. Yeah, yeah, but. I, I don't know that I'm going to miss anything. Maybe, maybe this uh, pressure cooker that has produced creativity in a very right. short amount of time span. You know, I, um, I tend to be more crisis leader than I am. I'm more wartime than peacetime kind of leader. And I have to watch myself uh, when things are good. Because, you know, I want to go stir up something so that I can lead through <laughs> you it. You want to pick a fight. Is that what pick you're saying? Pick a fight. Yeah, I'm a fighter. And, and listen, and, and I've learned to really temper that as best I can. Uh, I don't have a temper. I, I don't really blow up. But, you know, I like a good fight. You know, yeah. let's, let's get in there and let's brawl. <laughs> uh, and I'm, what I'm finding is most of the world is not like me at all. So, I will, if I miss anything, it'll be, 
it'll just be the opportunity that we've had to do some incredibly creative things that only a crisis can bring. But then that's like wishing a crisis upon yourself so that you can right. have this intensity and creativity. And I don't know that I want to go so far as to say, I, I'm not going to miss anything about this. I will be glad so, to be back with my church. There, there are a few things that I think I'm going to miss. Uh, we ha- I, you know, Brainerd is a phenomenal church that, that is really very unified. People love each other. But the last six weeks, there has been a hyper focus on unity, grace, genuine love. Um, I mean, we've had, we've gone six weeks without really hearing any significant complaints or, or, you know, difficulties, that sort of thing. I mean, people have just been very pent together. Up demand. Yeah. yeah. It's like the I economy. Mean, just it's, coming. It's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I will miss that. I mean, I think there's been this sense of we're all in this together. Every person, there's no one who's not affected. We, we were having to make a tough decision this past week. And uh, one of my uh, guys on staff, he said, well, let me just go and he named someplace far away and I'll just do it there. And I said, man, you can't go. I don't care if you want to go to the bush of West Africa, you can't get away from this. Every person on the planet is in this right now. And so I do think there's been sort of a hyper-focused sense of unity and direction during this time and maybe some grace because we recognize that even as churches are transitioning, nobody was planning for this. And so we're all having, we're going to make some mistakes and everybody showed grace as we're making mistakes. I'm going to miss that. Our staff is incredible at Brainerd. We have a really good, effective staff, but there has been a hypersensitivity and focus on caring for the needs of our people that's been really intense over the last six or seven weeks. And I, I don't want to lose that um, when, we, when, we, you know, when this is over and we're back to normal, sort of typical, more typical patterns. Um, but I, you know, I think those are some things that I don't want to, I don't want to just let it go by without me acknowledging that those have been blessings in the middle of a really hard, you know, difficult time. Yeah. You bring up a good point. I mean, I've been very proud of my church and how West Bradenton has ministered to, to people. Um, and, and our Southside campus too, which I shouldn't say it's been a surprise, uh, because I, I really like our campus pastor. Um, he's done well, but you know, we adopted them. It was a struggling church. They wanted to be a part of our family. So we, we brought them into the family and, um, you know, they had 12 people when we got started, it's 30 or 40 right now. So it's, you know, by most people's standards, it's a small church, man, they've been all over it. They've gone digital. They've been having like hundred percent attendance, you know, with groups and all of that. I mean, and, and if anybody was going to kind of fall off, you know, you would expect a church like that to fall off. They haven't. Um, so there, I, I hear you. There's some good that has, re- I mean, my church has shined. It's awesome to watch them just minister so, so well. You ask if I'm going to miss it though. I don't know, I'm not going to miss it. You know, I don't want to go through this again. It's not like I'm going to be long. And, hey, remember yeah. we went through that pandemic? I want to give days. it back to that time. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't mention, I don't mean that. And I won't think of this as the good old days, but there are some things that have been really encouraging to me out of it. Um, I'll tell you, I have missed the, the in-person collaboration. I'm, I'm a kind of guy, I have a lot of meetings each week, but I regularly, my, my office door, unless I'm recording a podcast like right now, my office door is closed right now. But other than that, my office door is open 90% of the week. And when I have something that pops up, I don't schedule a meeting. I just walk out of my office and I walk down to whatever staff member's office and I say, hey, let's sit down and whiteboard for a second. Do you have a minute? I have really missed that over the last six or seven weeks. And uh, I'm, I'm ready for that to be back again. And Sunday mornings are my favorite time of the entire week. I'm just ready to be 
I mean, our Sunday mornings are fast and furious and service after service after service, and I'm going from place to place, but I feed off of that sort of um, hyper fast, chaotic sort of. I miss the bounce. Yes. That's the right. bouncing from person to person. And, and as an extrovert, that's something I've had to watch because some people think of that as uh, thoughtless. You know, right. you, you know, particularly your introverts, you, you, you were talking for three or four minutes and they were just getting warmed up and you're like, hey, I'm done now. It's time to move on to the next person. Uh, so as an extrovert, I like the bounce. I like to talk to as many people as I possibly can on a Sunday morning. Um, so I, I miss that. I miss... Um, I just miss some of the, 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 the smallness, uh, the small things, uh, just, you know, just hanging out with, you know, Daryl, you know, he's, he locks up the, the church and our rhythms are all kind of messed up. He's a deacon every night he's up here. He's locking up the church. There's a lot of times where we just, you know, he stops by my office, we chat and that hasn't happened as much, you know, just little things like that, that, and it's all personal interaction that I miss, um, mm. popping into life groups and, interrupting the teachers and you know they all handle it well i'm sure i annoy them but uh just stuff like that i mean all the people together um the the energy of sunday i mean we've i mean sunday still has a good energy don't get me wrong what our worship pastor doing is phenomenal online but it's not like having all the people in the room Um, it's just not the same and and sam i mean not to be Eeyore, and I'm certainly not that guy. I'm an optimist, but it's not going to be like that for a while. I mean, I even think if everything comes back in July, let's say you're right, and the guidelines are pretty much gone by July, I'm not so sure it's going to be a while yet before everybody's back in the room together with us. I mean, we're going to have people in the room together, but it's not going to be everybody back together. And I think the big question is, will guests come to a church? And that's maybe a question for another podcast. How do we prepare as a church to say to people who are guests, you can trust us? Hmm. You can trust our cleanliness. You can trust that we're not going to be haphazard. I do think, by the way, churches are earning or losing credibility right now in this moment with how they respond to a global pandemic. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, you know. I, I'm with you. I'm an optimist. I, what, the one thing I would caution our listeners to, though, is that um, you are likely going to be smaller, not bigger. When you that's correct. Pick back I think up. that's almost certain. And it, and, it, and it may take some time to even get back to the levels of where you were. Now, if you're the exception or if I end up being wrong, praise God, these, you know, I don't mind yeah. being wrong, you know, on praise this kind Lord. of stuff. Because if everyone rolls back in and churches are bigger after a pandemic, well, that's a work of God. We celebrate that. But I, you should prepare yourself to be a little bit smaller mm. um, as you begin gatherings. In fact, we're probably going to start home groups, bef- you know, before we even think about having people on campus because Florida is reopening at this point, and by the time this airs, there will be a lot of uh, a lot of things that are beginning to open. But our governor is asking us to operate uh, op- retail to operate at twenty five percent capacity, and that's going to be quite challenging with our campus. So we're we're probably going to do a few weeks of home groups before we even try to do in person gatherings. So I would tell our I would tell everyone that's listening, it's okay if you're smaller. Um, be prepared for a smaller offering um, if you've had that trend that the offering isn't quite where you want it, where you'd want it to be during the pandemic. It's not likely to pick up when everyone comes back together. Um, and, and I don't know that that's all of all a bad thing. Uh, you know, it gives you an opportunity to really think about strategy and what's important. Um, and it, you know, the, the, it's another cliche, Boy, this is the cliche episode. Um, and I don't want to sound callous, but don't waste a crisis. Yeah, that's right. I mean, come and and that that would include as you kind of start your re, 
regathering strategies. Uh, you know, this this is a good time to to think through some changes that need to be made as you as you We're, open uh, back up. We think we're going to launch a couple new services out of this. Um, we don't expect them to be real large, but they've been. It's we have a campus that's Spanish speaking, and we've been wanting to launch Anglo, uh, Anglo uh, not Anglo, but English speaking uh, services there for a while, and we just haven't pulled the trigger on it. But we need to when we go back because we're, you know, the twenty five percent capacity is interesting. We're going back with about a thirty to thirty five percent capacity um, anticipation. We think in order to do six feet between everybody you're talking about 30% of the room's capacity. And so in order to do that, we're, we're actually going back with live worship before we go back with in-home groups or on-campus small groups. Uh, and our thought there is that we can manage the cleanliness in a worship center easier than we can our life groups because there's a whole ton of rooms. And we're not sure if people are going to want 20 folks coming in their homes. And so that's why we're struggling a little bit with the in-home groups. But we know that a lot of churches are doing what you guys are doing, Sam, and, and you're going to do the in-home groups first. But um, when, when we go back, we're just going to, I mean, we're going to more than double the number of services that we're offering because we think that they're going to all be small. I mean, here, we're a church that ran, I mean, from September of last year until the virus hit, we were running almost over 2,300, between 2,300 and 2,500 every weekend. We're, we're not planning to have a service over 100 people when we go back. I mean, that's going to require a ton of services. You, you'll also, have to do video, video. Feeds no, then. well, we're not thankfully. So we're uniquely set up. Most churches can't do what we can. We've got a deep beach, deep bench of preachers. And so we're going to have seven different preachers every weekend and oh. seven different worship leaders every weekend in seven in six venues. One of the venues will be some Spanish and some English. So we'll have two worship leaders and two pastors in that same venue. We'll just back, you know, go back and forth with services, but six venues slash campuses. Well, it, well, it'll be three campuses with six venues. Um, so it's an odd plan. I know, but my point is, no, that's good. That's uh, yeah. listen, that's equipping the saints. That's it getting is. your people used to the fact that, Hey, it's not the, the Micah freeze show. I mean, I love you. That's man, exactly but right. Brainerd no. is not the Micah freeze show. Uh, I think, I think if you're going to do something like that, then this is the first time you've told me what your plan yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, um, yeah. I applaud that. I think that's yeah. great that you would have multiple venues, multiple live preachers. Man, that shows that you're equipping people to do what God has called them to do. And if, well, and and if you're a church and you're listening to this and you've got a couple or three people that might be able to, right. to preach for you, that you could be a church of 100 or 200 and have somebody who could preach for you. Now, now is the time to get that person you know, throw, throw them in the, throw them in the pond and tell them to swim. Well, right. And here's your chance to try it. This is one of the things we recognize, Sam, we can try this. And after two weeks, if nobody comes, we can pivot and change it. And it doesn't cost us anything. We have all this, you know, we have the people. So let's just think, let's say you're a church of 200 and your auditorium holds 250. And we're saying that you need to cut your capacity by 30%. Well, you're talking about 75 people per service is kind of your max end capacity, but you run 200 you're talking about two, three, four services you're going to need. Why not take advantage and just say, we're going to try it. We're going to go to four services and I'm going to get, I'm going to preach too. And I'm going to have this volunteer or this lay person in my church. Who's got the gift of preaching. We're going to let them preach too. And you've just doubled your capacity in terms of leadership in the middle of a crisis. Why not take advantage of this as an opportunity to really expand with, your, your reach? With the church that is likely pretty forgiving and willing to accept that. That's my point right now. They're going to be really willing to show a lot of grace. No, man, I like your plan. Um, I've actually, I don't have the bench that you do, but I've got, you know, probably four 
yeah, that could right. preach for me. Um, I wish it was a little more. Uh, and if you throw in our campus, you know, that's five, maybe six. Well, here's my point. Four for you is higher per capita than it is for me at my church, right? I mean, I've got well, seven yeah, at I my mean, church. I mean, come on now. If you want to make me look good, then sure. We'll, that's we'll, my we'll point. Talk. I mean, you're, you're, developing <laughs> we'll at a higher, you're developing at a higher rate than I am. That's my point. Actually, I'm really excited. We, um, we're we're going to be doing some ordination stuff for, for, uh, pastors and, you know, <laughs> understand, you know, ordination, in the Bible calling in the Bible. I get all that. We're j- we just set aside our pastors and, um, I'm pretty excited about it. And we've been giving th- those that are in queue to be ordained. Um, you know, they're the ones that are getting these opportunities. So That's it awesome. is an exciting time. Uh, it is a stressful time. It is nothing that I want to relive. Uh, but God has given the church an opportunity. I, yes, let's, let's kind of wind down with how we opened. Um, it's a bit of a somber note that you miss things. It's a bit of, I mean, it almost feels like a funeral when you're like, oh man, I miss this, I miss this. But it's, it's also a great opportunity. God has it's given a, a great opportunity to the church. Let's all be optimists. Let's all be, if we believe the gospel, if you really believe the gospel, and if you really believe that anyone who wants to be saved can be saved, um, Hey, then let's, let's lead as if there is a better place on the other side of this. And as, as pastors and church leaders, let's think of this crisis as a stewardship or at minimum, let's think of the church as a stewardship in the midst of a crisis. How can you steward this opportunity, this responsibility to most bring glory to God and see most more people reached with the gospel than before? Uh, this is a unique moment in time and a unique opportunity. So, yes, it's awful. Yes, we don't want it to come back again. But now let's, uh, let's just see what opportunities God. I think we're going to hear incredible stories in the next three, six months, 12 months, and longer about what God is going to have done through this period of time. Well, Josh, we miss you. We, hope, miss you're you, feeling, Josh. we, hope, you, we hope you're feeling better. He's usually the one that, that – closes us out. I, f- I feel he like is, I'm, I'm lost without we, my little brother here. That's exactly right. And, uh, but, but I will say this, I do feel lost. I wish he was here. We're thankful though, that you guys are joining us every week, week in and out. You, you are what, I mean, you're the reason we do this. And so thank you for taking some time to be with us this week. And we don't say this every week, but if you could make sure that you share this on Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it through email, uh, let your friends know about the podcast. We hope it's an asset to you, and we hope it'll be an asset to those who also join in and, rate and maybe aren't and listening re- yet. Rate and review us That's on right. iTunes, Google Play, That's Spotify, right. wherever you listen to the EST podcast. Um, and I guess these are our final closing thoughts. You Peace out, week. everyone. <laughs> I don't, what does Josh say? What does he say at the end? I really don't even know, but we'll just say have a good week. Have a good week. Hey, I'm Tom Rayner, and I am sharing with you a great resource for pastors. I always get excited when I can offer something to pastors and other staff members. But this is stuff for ministering to grieving people in your congregation and community. As pastors, it's hard, even as in the role we have, for us to know what to say and how to say when ministering to a person who has lost a loved one. What you need is a glimpse of the minds of grieving people. And that's exactly what this resource, Grief Share, provides. Their free book, Eight Things Grieving People Wish Their Pastor Knew, gives insight into how people grieve, how they misinterpret their feelings, 
and helpful things you can say and do to help people through the grief process. Visit griefshare.org forward slash EST to download your free book. You can see it in the show notes. That's griefshare.org forward slash EST followed by the number eight. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.